and welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. And I'm Eric. And today is our 70th episode of this show. That's right, 70 episodes of the Music Matters Media Podcast. And I feel so unbelievably proud to say that. Me too, man. We've come a long way. That we have. And for our special 70th episode, today we're going to be discussing Selena Gomez's big return to music with her latest album that dropped January 10th, Rare. We have a lot to say about this one, so you won't want to miss this episode. That is for sure, but as always, Eric, before we can get into that, we have our top three countries of this week, and this week is definitely a doozy, so are you ready for it? Ready as always. Okay, coming in at number three, we have Germany. Nice, Germany. Awesome. Gotta give a shout out to Germany, and a shout out specifically to my uncle in Germany, Uncle Freddy, what's going on? Shout out to Germany, coming in three. Coming in at number two, we have Spain. Nice, Spain. Nice to see them again. Yes, Spain so far in 2020, they are a top contender. They are trying to stay in the top three at all costs. We really appreciate you, Spain. Incredible. We appreciate your efforts. And climbing in all the way at number one, we have Canada. Nice, Canada. Nice to see you guys again too, man. This is awesome. Welcome back, Canada, all the way at number one. Oh, man, this is so cool. It's always awesome seeing who is going to be in the top three every week. So there you have it, you guys. Coming in at number three, we have Germany. Coming in at number two, we have Spain. And all the way to number one, our top spot this week, we have Canada. What a lineup. What a lineup indeed, man. And guys, have no fear if you did not make our top three this week. You can always make it next week or any week after that. All you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have, and we could be shouting you out next. So we do have a lot to talk about today on this episode, but before we do that, it wouldn't be me if I didn't take the time out to do this. I just want to say rest in peace to the all-powerful late great Neil Peart from Rush. He died last week from cancer, unfortunately, and... I just want to say that it's been awesome hearing him throughout my teenage years and my adult years. He made some of the most amazing music with Rush, and he was also a beautiful lyricist. And in honor of this being our 70th episode, I just want to read one of his song lyrics. It's been quoted many times by his fans, 
not least of all me. And so I just want to read this one little blurb just to kind of tie it back to this, you know, milestone that we've reached. So this is from the song called Something for Nothing by Rush. And the lyric says, You don't get something for nothing. You can't have freedom for free. You won't get wise with the sleep still in your eyes, no matter what your dream might be. So, if Lisa and I are any indication, dreams do come true if you work hard for them, if you don't give up, and if you don't slack off. So, if any of you out there listening to this have a dream, go for broke. That's my advice to you for the day. Eric! Oh my goodness! Wow, I feel like I can go out and conquer the world now after you reading that. And I really hope that the people listening to us feel exactly the same way you do. So rest in peace, Neil. Rest in peace to a legend. Legend is the word. Now, speaking of milestones, let's get underway with this episode of Selena's new album, which is a huge deal for her. A huge return to music for Selena Gomez. She has not released an album since back in 2015, so it's officially been five years, and now she has graced us with rare which came out january 10th as i said earlier we've had some time to fully absorb it at this point and it is a total of 13 songs and clocks in just about 42 minutes a lot to unravel here a lot to talk about we'll do a quick run through of the songs we have rare dance again look at her now lose you to love me ring vulnerable people you know let me get me Crowded Room featuring Black, Kinda Crazy, Fun, Cut You Off, and A Sweeter Place featuring Kid Cudi. Wow, what a package she has released with this album called Rare. I love the title of it, by the way. And uh, let's let's get into this. Let's just talk a general overview. Eric, going into this album, I know you had no expectations. I didn't really have too many expectations myself because... Selena Gomez, her history with music for me, I actually never thought that we would be getting another full-blown album from her because ever since 2015, when she released her album Revival, she really has been doing music in the new form of artists dropping singles throughout their career, which would have been completely fine for her, honestly, because... The singles that she did release and that she did get featured on and hopped on were really good EDM tracks. She kind of found her niche in the world of EDM. Uh, For those who don't know, that's electronic dance music. And she has been releasing single after single throughout the years since 2015, being featured on other people's tracks and collaborating with a lot of EDM artists. And she would have singles year after year, which still kept her very much relevant and on the radio and in mainstream uh, media and everything. So it's not like she had a dying career after 2015. She has been relevant for a while now, but the thing is, I never expected her to re- release a follow-up album, I thought, which there's nothing wrong with that, I want to add. That is very much the style now of how artists are releasing music. Instead of releasing full albums, they'll either release short EPs or mixtapes or projects like that, or they'll just drop single after single and kind of 
gauge what the audience likes based off of releasing them one by one over time. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. I think that it's definitely a smart strategy and you can really do it either way, especially now with everything being streamed, there's a lot less pressure of dropping a full album because when you drop an album, people are just going to selectively stream certain songs anyway, in my opinion, unless you're a diehard fan. They'll just pick the songs that they like and add it to a playlist and that'll be that. So it's hard to keep people's full attention with the attention spans that we have today and to really get them engaged from beginning to end but the good news is she decided to release a follow-up and here we have rare and wow what an album what an experience what a ride eric we'll start off with your thoughts as an overview what did you feel uh going into this album and after listening to it how did you feel about it all so not only did I not have any expectations going into this album, I had really no frame of reference because I've heard the occasional single by Selena Gomez here and there on the radio. I've liked what I've heard, but I've never really delved into her like that before. So going into this album, it was a complete blank slate. At the very least, I knew that I liked what I was going to hear based on the other singles I had heard, but I had no idea what her sound is like, what her lyrics are like. You know, I was basically finding out about Selena in a completely different capacity because, you know, I, uh, like probably a lot of other people from my generation, I discovered her during her Disney phase with Wizards of Waverly Place. So, you know. Same. (laughs) Obviously, you know, you and me have seen her progress and grow through the years. You know, she was on Barney too, fun fact, when she was a little girl. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really surprise me that much, but that's still a really cool fun fact. (laughs) Just like a lot of our, uh, you know, a lot of other pop stars that we've spoken about on the show, you know. And it's hard to make that transition. I just want to throw that out there, too, to to make the transition from a Disney star as a, a kid, a teenager growing into yourself, becoming an adult and for people to take you seriously past that and to have a lifelong career, whether that be in acting or music or both. It's not the easiest transition to make for people to take you seriously. Absolutely. So, you know, all credit goes to Selena and anybody else who successfully made the transition from child star to, you know, adult pop star, actor, actress, whatever. So, yeah, you know, going into this, I had no preconceived notions of anything. But then after pressing play, you know, I was like, wow, really mesmerized with everything. Just the lyrics, the production, the the instrumentation of it all. I love this album a lot more than I thought I would, if I'm being brutally honest. That's great to hear, Eric. That's always the the nicest of surprises when you go little to no expectations on an album and you are pleasantly surprised with the outcome of not only you enjoying it, but you actually bonding with some of the material and relating to some of the songs more so than you ever possibly thought that you could have. I like that you bring that point up because there were a lot of times, probably on every song, honestly, or almost every song, where she would say a certain lyric and I'd nod my head and I'd be like, yeah, I understand. (laughs) I've been there. I felt that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's definitely one thing that I commend her for is for making this album in such a way where instantly you're just like, oh, yeah, I totally understand everything because who among us hasn't, you know? been where she's been at one point in her lives you know 
And to your point, going back on the production, I've been a Selena fan for quite some time now, and I've never really sat with a full album of hers like I did with this album. And in comparison, I just wanted to, you know, really fully dive in. So I ended up going back to her previous albums. And of course, there were singles that I remember being on the radio and stuff like that. But I really took the time to go back just to compare where things were at. And I can honestly say production wise I think this is her best album to date I had the feeling you'd say that for some reason (laughs) but um but that's an awesome thing that you did that you know I only listened to this one album but even listening just to this album I had a feeling that it was different than everything she's ever done before just because you know I've, I've heard the occasional thing here and there so at least I have that frame of reference to say okay this sounds different than previous stuff I've heard And another thing I really loved about this album is all the different sounds she has on it. You know, she's, of course, got some electronic influences on there. That's always there. But she also has some really cool, you know, 50s-inspired sounds, some, you know, lounge-inspired sounds as well. There's also some guitar in there as well, some drums as well. It all really sounds awesome. And the collaborations that she has on this album also really, uh, you know further make it stand out with collaborations it's usually a hit or miss thing sometimes artists get together and they could be two really great artists independently but they get on the same track they just don't have that chemistry and they do not feel this way on this album I think that she had great chemistry with the artists that she had featured on this album and I think that they enhanced the album even further absolutely you know hearing both of the songs where black and uh, Kid Cudi show up, you know, it's it's not just a simple, you know, appearance or whatever. They genuinely propel the song with, you know, their contributions to it. So that's definitely another thing that stood out. It's it's not just a simple, hey, show up for like 30 seconds on my song. Yeah, because those are lame. I know you and I have both experienced that when listening to music, how you get really excited. You see the track list. You're like, oh, my God, this person's collaborating with this person. This person's featured on this person's album. And then you listen to it, and it's just so anticlimactic. You can tell when people phone it in, and that is the worst feeling in the world when it's just like, wow, really? It's just for the sake of having them, quote, unquote, on the record, on the song but they really add little to nothing to uh, the value of the whole project. That's definitely one of the most disappointing things for sure. <laughs> yes. I've, I've definitely, um, going back to one of our previous episodes, uh, please check it out, uh, the John Bellion episode with Glory Sound Prep. I especially felt that way when, uh, when I found out that RZA was going to be a feature on one of his songs, and then when I found out that he was only relegated to the chorus, I was like, that's not satisfying at all because (laughs) you want more exactly i mean this dude is a master lyricist a master mc and he's just gonna repeat one line throughout the song that's you know no no disrespect towards john belly and i'm sure he's not the only one that you know has to make decisions as to you know who's gonna do what on his song because you know obviously when labels get involved in all that stuff it just turns it into a completely different thing but it does suck when you know, you have one of your favorite artists announced on a song and you're like so amped up for it. And then in the end, it's like they weren't even there. And if they were, it's kind of like a blink and you miss it kind of moment, you know? 
first of all, Eric, sick plug. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job for doing that. Anybody who has not checked out our John Bellion episode, go check it out. We did a review on Glory Sound Prep, and we discussed the concert and seeing John Bellion live. So if you're a fan of his music, of his production, of his work in general, definitely worth checking that out. Also, a sick segue because John Bellion, another fun fact he was a co-songwriter and producer for the song Vulnerable on this album for Selena Gomez. Wow. That's awesome, man. He's really going places. He is going places. He is such a phenomenal talent. Oh, man. John Bellion can literally do it all. And uh, he's been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work, a lot of production, a lot of songwriting for artists that you and I both love. Uh, to think of some recent examples... He has Vulnerable on this album with Selena. He has Graveyard, the song Graveyard by Halsey on Halsey's new record. So he's really doing some great things. And 2020 has just begun. Wow. That makes me love that song even more. A buddy of mine showed it to me in the past three weeks, maybe. And I was like, wow, this is really good. Oh, and uh, for those listening, we are for sure going to do an album review of Halsey's new record, Manic. So stay tuned for that in the future. That'll be down the pipeline. What an album that was. Have a lot to say about that as well. But today, it's not about Halsey. It's about Selena. So Eric, what were some standouts for you personally on this record? Wow. Um, some standouts for me personally, definitely the title track, you know, the minute it starts, you just know that it's going to be one hell of an album. I love that. Let me just say, for the, the source material that went into this album, you know, all of her life experiences and all of that, I feel like this album is to Selena what After Laughter was to Paramore, if that makes any wow, sense. Wow, that is a fantastic comparison. You have to expand upon that for those who have no idea the connection between the two. I get it, but you got to expand for the listeners. So basically, the album After Laughter was written at a time when uh, Haley was unfortunately in the process of separating from her then-husband, Chad Gilbert, from Newfound Glory. And so that experience was absolutely poured into that album, into everything, the music, the lyrics. But what made that album stand out was that even though the lyrics were so painful, the music was the complete opposite. It was very upbeat, very cheerful. And I, I see that parallel on this album as well. Yeah, there are some songs that get a little moody, but for the most part, there are 13 songs on this album. I would probably say that 11 of them sound very upbeat, very happy, very danceable. I agree with you. The contrast between the lyrics and the actual production and instrumental of the song are wildly different in the best way possible because it really makes people want to move, want to listen to it. There's a, there's really a song on this album for all different types of moods that you're into and uh, or that you're going through, and it's not just one stagnant piece throughout. Absolutely. And it's funny because I, I personally can't agree more or couldn't agree more with uh, Apple Music's description of this album, which is in a nutshell that this is Selena basically learning how to get up and walk again after going through so much heartbreak and so much tension in her personal life. And that definitely comes across in a lot of these songs. You know, she's trying to heal from a lot of different things and she's basically just trying to live her life in the moment trying to get better and what I love is that 
she communicates that in such a way that is not self-pitying. You know what I mean? Like No, yeah. In fact, it's the, quite the opposite. What I was going to say about it uh, on my end was after listening to it, it's very self-empowering. And I think that this is her time to really take the narrative back from the media, from the haters, from everybody that has been criticizing her for so long now. You don't realize these people are human. They're human, just like you and I, guys. We all bleed the same blood. And stuff that you say and, and how you act towards them makes an impact. So it's just she's been through such a wild ride, especially within the past few years, her physical health with lupus and overcoming that and dealing with that. And then with her relationship being on and off in the limelight, I mean, breakups are hard enough for the average person. And then for you to just constantly be in the spotlight and everybody criticizing every single move that you make that would drive me absolutely insane. So I give her so much credit for uh, just not only having to deal and cope with all those emotions, but to go through it so publicly is, oh man, it's brutal. It's brutal. And like I said, we are all human beings and people need to kind of take a step back and realize, is this comment, is this action, is the way that I'm acting and what I'm saying, is this going to be beneficial in any way towards the person. And if not, then maybe I should just reel it in and keep that to myself. There's just enough hate already in the world for you to just be spreading that. People are already going through so much. And it's unfortunate that you still have people that think that they uh, know everything and know all the ins and outs and want to chime in about somebody else's personal life. That is completely beyond me, but uh, it's the truth. And yeah, so between her last couple of albums, uh, at least her solo albums um, that she came out with in 2013 and 2015, they were great albums as well. And I definitely related with the material on there. And she had a lot of great singles and stuff that came out, which made her extremely popular as a solo artist to be taken seriously. However, it really hasn't been until this album that I think that she's really come into her own and taken that narrative back and taken that power back. And she came on this album with a message that she wanted to get across throughout. And literally this album for her, uh, in my personal opinion, I could be wrong, but I, I think that... Uh, from everything that we've seen be played out with her life thus far, I think this album really was truly therapeutic for her to get these messages and to get this out to just when this album was released, I pictured her and try to put myself in her shoes. And I'm, I'm thinking she must have felt like this was a giant weight just lifted off of her shoulders where she got all these songs done. She put them all in this album. And then once it was released to the world, she could finally just take a deep breath and just exhale. You know, it's funny you say that because that's definitely how I felt on the closing song, A Sweeter Place, except... Great song. Great song. But to me, her lyrics combined with Kid Cudi's lyrics, to me it kind of felt like, now I've told my story, now I'm going to disappear again, and you guys can just interpret this any way you like. But I've said what I've needed to say, 
see you all of you later and you know until next time that's kind of what it felt like for me it was really like you said just a way to get all of this off of her shoulders but at the same time it was a way of you know powerfully saying everything she needed to say in this one album and then just kind of have everybody else make up their minds about it and then all she has to do is just stand back and just you know let let it do its work that's how I felt about it it's just so hard because she put so much into this album where you can tell this is literally heart on my sleeve material here very raw very uh vulnerable very and no pun intended <laughs> and uh just extremely um heartbreaking at certain points i really felt for her there are times on this album with certain songs where i'm like wow i've been there girl i feel you i feel like a lot of people can relate to that in certain ways about heartbreak and trying to get back on your feet again and the great part about this album was that the trouble that I've had in the past with Selena is she usually had the narrative of being a victim. And what I love about this album is that there was no point of this album that I felt that she was the victim. In fact, I felt that it was very empowering and I felt that this album, she released it to kind of spread that message and let people know, yes, you've seen me at my worst. You've seen me at rock bottom. You've seen my life my personal life, my private life play out before your very eyes. But now this is my turn and this is my chance to show you that I am stronger than ever. I'm back and I'm ready to move forward. And I feel like this album kind of to tie into what you said is a send off, but send off to the old her. And I think moving forward, she's going to let all of this go. And I think that this was the final send off to that. And I don't think that she'll be revisiting the same themes moving forward. You're definitely right. It, now that you bring that up, I think closure is the best word to describe this process. Without a doubt, yes. Because, you know, it, it's definitely a story of her, you know, learning how to get back up and healing from everything and just moving forward and walking a path towards the life that she deserves to live, you know, rather than just the stuff that she's experienced. So you're definitely right. This album is definitely a period in all of the stuff that's happened to her previously. And so you're totally right that if she, or when she eventually does move on from this, it wouldn't be surprising if she moves on to the next best thing and doesn't come back to this anymore yeah i don't think she's looking back this time eric i think that there have been times before where she wanted to muster up that courage and that strength to do that but i don't think that she was emotionally and maybe even physically ready to do that and i think finally she's reached that point in her life where this is that closing chapter yeah and there and and, and every song that that played on this album i would always you know find myself saying yeah you know you you deserve to you know, be this happy person that you've always wanted to be and that you've only dreamed of being, you know, back when you were in the middle of all of that, uh, all Chaos. of that ugliness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I definitely think that this was necessary for her to do. I'm glad she was able to get it out in the only real way that she could have, which is through her music. And another thing, another thing I really commend her for is just her ability to tell a story. 
you know, I feel like. Absolutely. That's what really reels you in and engages you throughout this entire album is the storytelling of it all. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and you know, this is just a, it's not really anything aimed at anyone, but I feel like some albums tell stories in different ways. Where they're very, uh, to kind of help you out where I feel like they're very hollow and you're it's missing, more yes you're missing half the picture right it's more of just a general idea of it but with this and listening to her album and her songs throughout this album i feel like i was right there with her and i feel like we're taking a inside look of her private life from her point of view yeah absolutely like maybe this is like the it's a strange comparison but i think you'll understand it it was kind of like you have her right in front of you. She's telling you her story. She's not venting, but she's just genuinely talking to you. And you're just like, uh-huh, tell me more. You genuinely are concerned for what she's going through. And so the more she tells you, the more you're interested. And the more you just want to connect with her in that sense. And you're just like, yeah, I, I feel your pain. I've been there. You want to know why that is, Eric? Because I would like to think that... Everybody has been rooting for her for a while now. So this not only feels like a victory for her, of sure, of course, but I feel like this is a victory for everybody that has been there to uh, support her and have her back throughout some of these chaotic and, and times of despair. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, one thing I can say about Selena Gomez is that she is the kind of person that is here literally just to do her thing, to, you know, be involved in music and wants to be known for that. And so when you've got a person that doesn't want to make waves, just wants to focus on what they're doing. Isn't that ironic? It's so ironic. The irony of it all is I agree with you 100%. I don't think that she wants to be in the limelight for anything more than her abilities, which that be music or acting. And the fact that somehow along the way her life took so many twists and turns and uh a lot of that got taken away from her that um yeah I agree with you I think that she really does try her best for the most part to stay out of it it's really everybody else that tries to pull her in and really cause and stir the pot to everything that's going on uh, or what they think is going on in her private life and I think that's why that's another reason why it was important for her to do this, not just to exercise those demons she's been dealing with for years, but really just to tell everyone, no, you know, this is the definitive version of my story. And when you're under a constant magnifying glass, the way she is and the way countless other, you know, musicians are, it's important to get your version out there as well. Oh, yeah. Straight from the source. Absolutely. So... That's definitely another thing I really love about this album, just the way she tells the story and the way she consistently does it. And I love that, you know, again, this album starts out on a very happy note. And I'm not going to say it ends on a somber one. It really ends more on a, you know, just like the whole album for her is closure, the final song also serves as closure. And you really feel that. It was a release. Yeah, absolutely. Overall, I think this is definitely... You know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit because we're only in January, but it's for sure, my opinion, going to be one of the best albums of 2020. 
listen, I am right there with you. And it, that came very unexpected to me because going into it, I didn't know what to think. It's been a while for her. And I wasn't sure the direction that she was going to go in on this album. Stylistically, lyrically, you know, I just was not sure. So I didn't want to get my hopes up too high. But at the same time, I knew that, I, of course, I would be checking it out, her big return. And I was so pleasantly surprised and not only pleasantly surprised, but truly blown away at some of these songs on this album. And I'm right there with you. I really think that this is going to be a strong contender for top albums of 2020 right out the gate. And I'm glad that she held it for this year because she definitely had a lot to say. And I know it's been a long time coming, but I think the timing of it all is truly perfect in regard to her own personal life. And I think that now more than ever, she's ready to finally just let go, move on. And I couldn't be more happy for her. I think uh, in this case, she uh, brings a whole new meaning to the phrase new year, new me, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, that's, that was a good one. But yeah, seriously though. I mean, she's letting go of all of that baggage and she's ready to conquer the new year with a new face and a new identity you know listen, better her listen eric if you had to leave some some people in 2019 i'm not going to judge you for it <laughs> we're pushing forward positivity only we don't need any of that toxic stuff around here of course and i think that's the overall message of this album and i'm glad that she uh i'm glad that she was the one to deliver that and also just another thing i know how i said that i you know love this album way more than i thought Usually, you know, I feel like you and I are the same. Whenever we hear an album, we'll either make up our minds about it right away or we'll need multiple listens to truly come to terms with it and then make a decision as to, as to whether we really love it, we maybe don't like it as much, or we're somewhere in the middle. With this one, I kind of feel it's one of those albums where you either like it or you don't from the get-go. Yes, instantly. That is very much true, Eric. I agree with you with that, too, because when I first listened, my first run through of it, I'm like, wow, she's back. There was a lot of powerful messages on here and not only just powerful messages, going back to what Eric said with the instrumentals, a lot of emotion, like different arrays of emotion here, a lot that you can, you know, because when we say powerful messages, people might interpret that as like, oh, it's just going to be a lot of ballads and slower songs and it's going to be super somber and heavy, you know, topics. And yes, there is stuff like that on here, but it's also very fun and dancey. It's, it's really about the closing of a chapter and her experience expressing her moving on and becoming stronger from it and learning from all that and pushing forward so throughout the album it really tells a story that by the end of the album she has let go and and it was a giant release and you can tell that by the next album that she decides to drop or even if she decides never to drop another album again she's just going to do singles but moving forward that we're going to see a whole other side of selena and a very happy one at that and I think that's the one link that I find between After Laughter and Rare. Yes. That I love that they're both albums made by women who are basically saying, I went through something terrible, but I don't want you to pity me. I don't want you to cry for me. I just want you to be happy. You know? And it doesn't define me. 
Exactly. And the music reflects that because like you said, there's songs on here that are danceable, that are party-like. She's basically saying, yeah, okay, it was a tragedy, but I want you to dance to it. You know, I want you to have fun. I don't want you to feel sad. I want you to turn the negative into a positive. And I think both of those albums did a fantastic job of doing that. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And it's more so exactly that don't pity me but just understand i'm telling you this because i don't want you to feel sorry for me i want you to understand my perspective and where i was coming from and how i was feeling and what i was going through and let me just say you and i were both at the gma show when paramore played a couple of songs off of after laughter and you saw how empowering that was for the audience to sing along to those songs so i can only imagine how empowering it's going to be for her when she plays these songs live, you know, that's going to be something completely different. I'm, I'm sure. Seeing Selena Gomez live is definitely on the bucket list. I know with such a big return to music and this album being extremely successful and being really generally well received that this tour is going to be massive whenever she decides to announce it and go on tour. If she's healthy enough to do so, I cannot wait to check her out live. I am right there when tickets go on sale. I'm very excited for that. And I cannot wait to see what songs off of this album that she is going to choose to perform live. I think that's going to be really special to see some of these live and to see her take and, uh, you know, just everything, how she performs to them and how she sings them live. So that is going to be a true treat. Eric, with that being said, I told you to pick one least favorite and your top five favorite from this 13-track album. So me being me, as the listeners know by now, I like to get the negativity out of the way. And it's just personal opinion, you guys. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad song. It's just an opinion based off of your own personal taste. So Eric... What was your least favorite song from this album and why? So my least favorite song and listen, you know, you and I both have differing opinions. It's part of what makes this show so magical. You know, like you've said many times, we don't talk about any of this stuff prior to recording. So, you know, whatever we say here is a complete surprise to the other. And uh, <laughs> I just hope I'm not letting you down with this, with <laughs> oh, this pick. Man, but Because, um, you know, it's anyone's guess, obviously. But uh, my least favorite on this album would be People You Know. Okay. That's actually, that's pretty fair. I wouldn't choose that as the least favorite personally, but it didn't make my top five either, if, if that's any indication. Yeah, the reason why it made, or the reason why I picked it as my least favorite is the chorus. I kind of feel like towards the second half of the song, she stays on the chorus just a little too long, doesn't really say anything else other than that it's just the same phrase repeated over and over the song never really goes anywhere yeah it's it's a good song like musically it's great but lyrically i just wish she could have done something a little different you know i'm actually not too upset about that i gotta say because i'm pretty pretty uh much on the same page with you there it's definitely not my least favorite but it's by far not on my top five i i i can see why i can see why you chose that as your least favorite let me just say, though, it is my least favorite, but it's it's my least favorite, but I wouldn't necessarily skip over it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not a bad song. I definitely enjoy it within the context of the album. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best way to say it. 
So um, how about you? What's your least favorite? Okay, so least favorite was tough for me because I did have a couple of moments on this album where I felt like it could have been condensed by two or three songs that didn't necessarily push the story along or add too much overall to the quality of the album. So with that, originally I put Let Me Get Me on the sole fact of when I listened to it, going back to what you said in the beginning of this episode, especially the time period, we grew up, we're, first of all, we are very close in age to Selena Gomez. She is currently 27, I think about to be 28. Eric is 28 and I'm 26, so we're all in the same age range. We pretty much grew up, though, watching her on Wizards of Waverly Place. And for whatever reason, that that song just made me feel like that could be part of a Wizards of Waverly Place episode. I know that's kind of weird to say that. I'm probably not going to get that out of my head now. The next time I listen to that <laughs> song, thanks a lot. <laughs> I don't know why. It just put me right back to that because that's when I first fell in love with Selena Gomez. I mean, to no surprise, Selena Gomez is gorgeous inside and out. And I remember watching Wizards of Waverly Place and being like, whoa. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I used to watch the show growing up and listening to that song for whatever reason took me back to that show and but I guess in the context of this album and where she's at now in her life it just felt so random to me that I was going to put that as my least favorite so but I actually didn't end up putting it as my least favorite but I felt like if I didn't discuss it on this episode then it would I would I needed to get it off my chest is what I'm telling you <laughs> I needed to get that off my chest I feel like if <laughs> I feel like if you told her that in person she'd be like you dare <laughs> You dare make that comparison? <laughs> but, sorry, Who Selena. Knows? Who knows? Maybe she would find it endearing. You never know. Sorry, Selena. Or it's, it's, Alex it's, Russo. <laughs> Whatever you prefer. It's crazy that, you know, we've known her since she was like, what, 14 years old? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It time, is, time flies, dude. It is pretty wild. Yeah. It's like watching, it's the same thing with Miley Cyrus, you know, watching yeah, yeah. Hannah Montana or any of those shows and then mm -hmm. seeing who they became as adults. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. But okay, so my actual least favorite wasn't that track. I just had to get that off my chest. I mean, that track was super random to me. But I decided to go with Look At Her Now as my least favorite off of this album. And I want to stress the reason why. It is not because of the lyrical content. I think the lyrical content is so empowering to women. And it's going to be such a great song, I think, hopefully live for if she decides to uh, play it live for people to sing along to and to just really feel that emotion with her. It's just the mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-m
And so when I heard that, I was like, what are the chances, Lisa? (laughs) (laughs) You know me so well. Not really liking this right now. (laughs) I like, that's what ruined the song for me. Not saying it's a bad song. I love it up until that point, actually. And I love the lyrical content. I cannot stress that enough. Love the lyrics, love the message, love everything about that. But when it comes to that specific part, not only do I feel like she phoned it in, I just, I can't stand when I feel like, you could have just added something there and you could have had a different breakdown. It, I don't know. It's just the mm, 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 mm. Oh, after a while, if you were to play that on repeat, there's only so many times that I could listen to that without wanting to be like, you know what? I'm just going to skip this one. Well, let me just say you sound awesome doing that. <laughs> let me just say that right now. <laughs> Thank and, you. Um, I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And uh, this is what's cool about this show. You know, we both have different opinions on it. I personally don't love it, but I don't hate it either. So this is one of those songs where I'm just like, I can, you know, I, I can generally jam out to this because it's not a deal breaker for me. But then, but obviously, you know, you and I just have differing opinions on it. Like, for example, and here's another episode you guys should watch, our review of the 1975's album, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. It had auto-tune in some parts. Some songs, I really love the auto-tune, and then others, I'm just like, oh, I don't really like it, you know, because, you know, it just depends on what pitch the dude is singing at or, or whatever, you know. But again, you know, these are things that, you know, while I might not find them that great, you might find them amazing. And so I think it's really cool that, you know, we, we have that dynamic where, you know. That's what makes the show interesting. Absolutely. Where, you know, what I may not find so appealing you may think the world of it, you know? So uh, it's always really cool whenever we do these lists and we're just like, oh, wow, you like that? Or you don't like that? That's really interesting. Yeah, and especially the fact that we're so close. We're legit best friends uh, outside of the show, both obviously on the show, but outside in real life. And uh, it just goes to show you that it, you know, that doesn't make any type of impact on our personal preferences or opinions about things. And we're able to sit here and have an adult conversation without wanting to kill each other about what's better, what's not, because it's really not about being better. It's just about personal preference and, and taste and perspective on the song. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like between you and I, our dynamic here on the show, we represent the opinions all across the board of thousands of people. Absolutely. Because, you know, we're not, we're not yes people, so to speak. We, you know, it's, it's natural for us to be in disagreement, but that's what is half of the beauty of the show. That that's really what it's all about. Just, you know, coming together based on differences and things like that, you know. So now, not to make this too dramatic, but let's see if our best (laughs) friendship survives this round of five favorites, shall we? Ding, ding, ding. Okay, I'll start. For my number five pick, I chose Lose You to Love Me. And I chose Lose You to Love Me because despite the fact that the radio has played this song into the ground... I think that her coming back with this song was a tremendous message and this couldn't have been a better song to prove as a lead single for this album with the message of this album and her big return to music and where she's at now in her own personal life and and how she's feeling and the message that she's trying to get in cro- across of her becoming a stronger woman all around. 
this couldn't have been a better song in my eyes to come back with and to represent this album in its entirety. And I am so proud of her for releasing this because it was an extremely vulnerable song lyrically. And I think that it's so hard to show that side of yourself for the world to take it and do what they will with it. And some people will criticize it. Some people will worship her for it. There are people that will be indifferent about it. But regardless, the fact that she she did it for herself and she had to come to peace with everything herself and I'm so glad that this was the song that she released as her lead single. So I knew this was going to make my list regardless of the amount of times that the radio has played it. But at the same time, I'm happy that the radio is playing it and they should continue to play it because not only is this her big return, but the message and everything that this song represents is so powerful. I could not be happier for her right now. Uh, And yeah, Lose You to Love Me, that's my number five pick. What was your number five pick? Before I tell you my number five, let me just say that that's another factor that I think really helped me to really listen to this album. The fact that I had never heard any of these songs before, not even as radio singles. So I think the fact that I went into it absolutely blank, not even having listened to the singles, is another thing that really just made this album such an easy listen for me. Whereas, you know, in your case, anybody else who had listened to these songs, as you said, you know, repeatedly bashing yeah. the ground on the radio. Yep. You know, uh, by the time you, it was time to listen to the album, you'd be like, okay, I'm over it. I've already heard it. But for someone like me, just having it be an absolute fresh start, it's it's a really cool experience to just, you know, go into it blind, you know. But, you know, that said, my number five is Crowded Room. Nice. Awesome pick. Love that pick. I really love the feel of that song. And let me just say, Selena does some amazing vocal acrobatics on this one. She needs to do stuff like that more. When I listen to this, it's very rare, no pun intended, that she does these vocal acrobatics, as you said, during songs. And this was a highlight on this album don't mean to steal your thunder i know it was your pick but i just had to chime in and say that i wish that she would do stuff like that more and i hope that the fans give her that feedback because she really excels when she is um doing songs like these yeah like i said i may not have followed her career too much musically but even i can tell based on earlier singles that she's really matured as a singer and this album is, is all about that i feel like her voice is so smooth on this album but it's also capable of things like this where she can go from really low to really high and do it so seamlessly you're just like wow she's really maturing as a musician you know so i love this song as a whole i love the feel of it i love the lyrics to it as well but it's really the vocals that you know sold me on it amen to that i'm there with you i'm right there with you (laughs) (laughs) nice glad we're in agreement so what's your number four So my number four pick, I decided to choose the song Cut You Off. I love the groove of this song. I love the instrumental of this song. I love the message of this song. It's just a more fun and spunky way of relaying the same message as songs like Lose You to Love Me. And it's just a different take on it. And because of that perspective, I like that she 
put different angles of the same emotion on this album. This song has attitude, it's spunky, it's fun to listen to, it's one of those ones that you want to play with your friends and sing along with, and it just boosts you up. You feel very empowered by listening to this track, so... Because of all those reasons, that's why I chose Cut You Off as my number four spot. What was your number four spot, Eric? Well, speaking of spunky, my number four spot was Ring. Nice. Yes. Great song. Love that song. I love. Th- I could be wrong in saying this, but I love that it has a Latin feel to it. It does. I really, really love that. I love that she makes great use of that on this song. And I love the playful nature of it. I love that this is one of those songs where... She's not really talking about any tragedies or anything. It's really just her, you know, empowering herself and taking that self-worth and showing it off. She's basically saying, what do I care if I went through a tragedy with an old boyfriend or whatever, you know? I've got them lined up. (laughs) It's really more like, oh, well, they're there, but, you know, that's about it. I know my self-worth. It's cool to have them around, but... I don't need them. I can't be bothered. Exactly. <laughs> so that, but I, yeah, I really love the lyrics to that song, but it's really the Latin feel that just really makes it all come together. I love the mix of the Latin feel and the, even the 50s style of, of uh, you know, rock and roll kind of mixed in with this. I think she does a masterful job with this one. So how about you? What's your number three? My number three was your number five, Crowded Room featuring Black. What is there not to say about this song. I fell in love with her vocals instantly. I knew that this was going to make my top five list. Didn't know where it was going to rank, but yeah, this is one hell of a song. I wish she would do more songs like these uh, with the airy vocals and the range that she has is completely ridiculous. Mixed with the feature by Black, we could not leave him out. He really added to this song lyrically, and uh, I think that they have great chemistry together. And yeah, this song is one that I'm definitely going to be playing a lot in the future. That's why I chose Crowded Room as my number three spot. So Eric, now that we have officially made top three territory, what made your number three? My number three is Dance Again. Nice. Yeah. This song is one Mm -hmm. that, oh man. Love it. Love yeah. the song. It's another one of those very lyrically empowering songs, but that bass, man, that really funky bass and that awesome beat, it really, the it song makes really, the song. It yes, makes the, it, song. It, the song lives up to its title about, you know, dancing again. It's really awesome. And, you know, just like you said with the previous song, I really wish she made more songs like this where, you know, it's funky, it's very danceable. It just makes you get in that mood, you know? I think she's really coming into her own on this album and finding what works for her. And I think that, as I said earlier, if she were to take the feedback that I think in the future for whatever she decides to, however she decides to go about releasing music, that she will excel. One can hope, man. You know, I really hope that she takes the best parts of this album and brings them over into whatever future project she's got, you know? Really hope so. Especially with songs like, you know, the ones we're picking, you know? Yeah, so far, so far, so good. I gotta tell you, Eric. Yeah, definitely. So what is your number two spot? We're definitely uh, getting into 
the crucial part of it now. <laughs> yep, yep, because this is hard. This was hard. The fact of this really, it could have been my number one. I was going back and forth with these. I was mixing, honestly, with the top five, I mixed them around a bunch of times because I wasn't sure how I was going to rank them. So, guys, for those who are listening, go check all of these songs out. Check the album out in general, but especially if you're going to check out songs individually, check our top five songs because we work very hard to narrow it down, and it's excruciating sometimes. Yeah, she's not lying about that. You know, you may think that this is a walk in the park, but... If you only knew what went on behind the scenes <laughs> For and, real. and the process that her and I go through just to narrow stuff down. I always say that the hardest one to do is our end of the year. Yes. You know, top, yes. top albums, all that stuff, because there's just so much great music that you're just like, it's, it's almost unfair to make these kinds of lists. But even when it's little stuff like this, you know, songs all belonging to one album, it's still torture because you're just like, oh, I wish I could make like little subsections or whatever. But yeah. You can't, can I, you can I have 13 honor- honorable mentions <laughs> exactly. on a 13 track album? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, for my second spot, I chose a song, Fun. Well, then I may as well tell you now. I picked that as well. Did you? Yes. Okay, Eric. Awesome. So let's talk about it. Why did you pick Fun as your second spot? And I'll tell you why I picked it as my second spot. Because, no pun intended, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Because <laughs> you look like fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love, like, another, this is another one of those playful songs where she's not talking about any tragedy. She's not talking about any trauma, any baggage. She is just literally trying to live a carefree life doing what she wants yes. on her terms. It's dancey, it's poppy, it's fun, no pun intended. And first and foremost, above all else, it's flirty. It's flirtatious. Yeah, exactly. It's just so freaking awesome the way she does it, the way she sings. It's amazing, really, in short. I love it. Yeah, me too. I I can't believe we both put that in our second spot. I really it was close to putting it on my first uh as my first, but Eric, this is just, woo, the stakes just went really high. Absolutely. The anticipation is killing me. What made your number one? So my number one is Rare. Nice, Eric. Wow. Okay, so why is Rare your number one? I feel like it's the perfect mix of everything, honestly. You know, it's it's kind of weird to say this now because, you know, Rare is the very first song on the entire album so it it just kind of hits you like a truck when you first hear it but now after hearing every other song after that in my mind rare is kind of representative of what the rest of the album is musically it's got an awesome dance beat fantastic bass line it's got that borderline latin feel to it you know lounge kind of feel to it and her vocals are just so smooth you know kind of jazzy too it's it's the perfect song, my opinion. For those who are fans of Selena Gomez, they know that she is extremely close with Taylor Swift 
And upon first listen to this song, I can tell the influence that the friendship has impacted her musically and just like them being around each other. And I'm sure that they uh, play music for each other way before we get to receive it and listen to it. And I can just, with that song specifically, there's certain moments of it, just the airy vocals where I'm like, wow, this sounds like 1989 era Taylor Swift uh, music. And that's a very high compliment, by the way. That's my favorite Taylor Swift album. So it's a very high compliment. And I agree with you. I think that this was not only a killer opening track, but it's deserving of the title Rare based off of the album title because it really encapsulates the album as a whole in one song. Absolutely. And I just love that she embraces so many different aspects of herself in this one song. So I feel like if I were to pick one song for someone to listen to before listening to the entire album, it would be this one. Just my personal opinion. So how about you? What takes your number one spot? My number one spot, we mentioned this song earlier in the episode, and that would be Vulnerable. And I chose Vulnerable because it just hit me like a kick in the chest. I just felt what she was going through, and I can just relate. And uh, so with that alone, I was already sold. And then lyrically in the production of it and how lush it sounds and how, oh my God, I could just listen to this song on repeat and still never get tired of it. And I appreciate the rawness of it lyrically, but the production, John Bellion, he did it again, man, because it's just... Oh, it's like candy. It's like musical candy and you just want to eat it all and you can't get enough of it. So that is why I chose Vulnerable as my number one. Shout out to John Bellion for his work on that. And I can already tell this is probably going to be one of those songs that uh, you'll be blasting on Midnight Drives. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> Eric, you know how much I love Midnight Drives. That's like therapy for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, just... Music blasting. Yeah, just music blasting contemplating the universe <laughs> yeah, uh, no big with, deal. <laughs> with a friend in your car at yep. midnight, not yep. a care in the world. Um, now we're getting very philosophical here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the world just kind of, you'd be surprised, but the world just kind of stands still when you do that. When you just take a nice little drive at night with your favorite music, with your friends and you, nothing exists Some except for that. Some of the best nights of my life have been exactly that. Absolutely. If you guys haven't done it, we highly recommend it. It's very therapeutic and you'll be surprised how much better you feel. So we've made it to the end. Eric, we have finally made it to the end here. Selena Gomez, I am so happy for you. I'm happy that this is your big comeback. I'm happy that you're at a better place now, both physically, mentally, emotionally, and I cannot wait to hear and see what you do next because this was one hell of a comeback so proud of her eric yeah absolutely and we're all rooting for you girl we really are and i can only hope that you know you don't go away for another five years and you know take that long to release another album even if you just release an ep or a couple of singles we really hope that you keep it up and we're waiting on that tour. We're waiting yes. on that tour. I cannot wait to see her live. It's on the bucket list. So, Selena, when you want to drop that rare tour, I'll be there, girl. I'm right there. Yes, and we hope that you keep making music as amazing as this, you know, whether you revisit it on your next album or even on the album after that. But 
you know, you've definitely tapped into something amazing here and we hope you keep that up. So with that, you guys, that is the end of our general album review of Rare. But now we are going to turn it over to you. We want to hear your thoughts. Did you listen to Rare yet? If you didn't, go check it out. I don't know what you're waiting for. This is one of the best albums thus far. I know it's early in the year, but what a killer way to start 2020 with Rare. So guys, we want to know. What are your favorite songs? What's your least favorite? If you're a big Selena fan, how did this album hold up to her previous albums in your opinion? We want to know it all, you guys. Head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com to let us know. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.